T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yesterday, Hartford Mayor Luke Bronin announced he will not seek a third term as mayor. Um... Pretty emotional day, and we're grateful he he made the trek over to Farmington to sit down with us for a little bit. Mayor, good morning. How are you? Well, Brian, I'm good. good how, you, you. how are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling good. Look, you know, I, I wrestled with the decision for a long time, uh, but I, I think it's the right one, uh, and uh, I'm glad to have made it, and now just keep going with the work. Is there a sense of relief? I mean, it, is that how you feel? Like, we're leaving well, look, the decision. I, look, I, I've mixed emotions. I, I, I love this work, and we've got so much good stuff underway right now and it really is going to be hard to step away from that but you know i'm not stepping away from it yet and going to keep uh the pedal the metal as much as i can uh so yeah there's a sense of relief but but um you know i put a lot into this last seven years and uh, it's a tough decision so you know it, we have two little blocks here in the second block i want to talk about you know the last year and what you think hartford needs to do moving forward and you know what the person who gets that 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 job after you will need to do, but in in terms of you, like my my guess was, and I mean with I mean listen with no knowledge, I thought you'd run for a third term, and then I thought you'd take a shot at governor. And obviously, I don't know what, what what's ahead for you. Do you know? Like, do you have an idea of what what's ahead for you? I, I don't know. I mean, I've got plenty of time to figure it out, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, like at the end of the day, I said this yesterday, but for the for the first two terms, I, I counted four year terms a blessing. You know, yeah. the fact that you could run and then have four years to just really right. focus on the work. If I could uh, try to sign up for another two right now, I would do it in a heartbeat. But, you know, I, with seven years of all-consuming uh, you know, work uh, passed, I just wasn't ready to, to commit to five more from right now. And uh, look, there are a lot of places that have term limits at eight years. I'm not saying that I think there should be term limits, but it's a, it's a lot of time in a job like this, and I do think it's time to pass the baton. Well, people who don't know what the commit, and again, you're a dad. Is it three? You have three children or two? I have three kids. Yeah, yeah. three kids. And your oldest is is the age of my youngest, so you have three relatively young kids. I think you only have one teenager, right? Yeah, out of 13, three. 11, and nine. So, I mean, in terms of your day, people who don't understand it, you know, how how full are? I mean, are you? I mean, the phones are next to your bed. And if you have a certain ping that at two in the morning you have to respond, like how does it work? How does your day work? If I get a call at two in the morning, I'm picking it up pretty much okay. no matter what. Okay. <laughs> I don't need a special ping. But uh, look, I, I mean, like a lot of people, you 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 do your best to balance. I mean, I I, I usually uh, I'm usually responsible for morning uh, getting the breakfast ready and, and getting the kids uh, to Out school. Out the door, and then uh, you know Sarah teaches uh, up at. Cornell, so she's usually gone a couple of days a week, and I uh, do my best to hold things down those days. And then, you know, the, this the thing about this job, which is something that I 
I love about it is that you know you're always you're always on it. You're always there's always something coming. But it's it's not a nine to five job. It's it's uh, it's a twenty four seven job, and um, that means you know you, you got to try hard to strike the balance and carve out that time. And I I'm sure I don't always get it right, but I try. So in terms of, I mean, there are options. This doesn't obviously rule out you doing it, running for broader office again. I mean, you could run for governor. You could work in D.C. There's a lot of options on the table. Like, how are you going to approach your professional or political life moving forward? Are you going to just, are you going to start to look, start to talk to people? Are you going to take a, a year off? Like, I know you have a year left to do your work here in the city, but how, how do you approach something like that? Because to me, it would be exciting, but also a little bit scary. Look, I mean, for, first and foremost, I, as you said, got a year to keep doing this work right now, and there's a lot of stuff that I want to push forward. There's a lot of things that we have already underway that I'd love to try to see through. Right. There's a lot of things that we are working to get started, and I hope we can get far enough down the line that they continue no matter what. And that's my first focus. Uh, but a year's a year's plenty of time to figure out what's next. I I'm not very good at taking time off, so I doubt that'll be the answer. Right. But uh, but I, I really don't know what what I'm going to do. Um, so I'll figure it out. Okay. So I'm not going to ask you, are you running for governor yet? I'll do that well, look, later. We, just, we we have an incumbent governor who was just reelected. I know, but I don't think he's, and I think he's I know. doing a great job. I know, uh, I know, and then I know. That, that election is four years away, which is a lifetime in politics and in personal life. As a journalist, I'm always thinking about that stuff. I mean, listen, we were talking 2024, like a week after the election in, in 2024 of president, but it, your point is well taken. We're talking with Mayor Luke Bronin uh, from the city of Hartford. I'm just curious, you, you know, before we take another quick break, what, so far, you have another year left. What are you most proud of? Look, uh, the first thing is that when I came in, the city was bankrupt. I mean, the city was facing the biggest fiscal crisis in its history. And uh, and we tackled that transparently and honestly. And, uh, and we were prepared to do whatever had to be done to make sure that we got the city on a strong foundation. As I said yesterday, that was, wasn't the battle we wanted to fight, but it was the battle we had to fight. Because if we didn't get that right, then nothing else mattered. Right. And uh, and we prepared in earnest for a bankruptcy filing and prepared the community for it because what we were determined not to do was just kick the can or fake it or buy time. You know, the important thing was to address some of those structural issues and get the solid foundation. And at the end of the day, what we were able to do uh, because of strong partnerships that we worked to build with legislative leaders and uh, with the state, uh, with our unions uh, who came to the table in a big way, with some of our biggest companies who made some significant investments, and by making some really tough decisions and and cuts, we were able to get the city on a stronger path. And you know, if, if you had asked me seven years ago whether you know, when I first came in and got a chance to get under the hood and see how bad the financial situation was, if you had told me that seven years on, we would uh, have st- been able to outperform our sustainability plan every year, that we would have gotten ratings, upgrades you know, year after year, that we would have uh, lowered the tax rate for the first time in many years and by the biggest cut in about 30 years, uh, and that we would have produced surpluses each year that allowed us to make our capital investments without borrowing a single dollar to do it. I'm not sure I would have believed you. Uh, and hopefully, you know, when it comes time to hand the, you know, pass the keys over uh, to the next mayor, I'll be passing over the keys to a, a much stronger city with a stronger foundation. Uh, but there's a lot of other work that we've done that I'm really proud of, too. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about some of that and what's ahead and, and what you think needs to be the next step in, in the resurgence of the city of Hartford. Mayor Luke Bronin joining us here. Brian, to come back here with Mayor Luke Bronin from the city of Hartford. You know, if I 
if I went off into space and came back in 20 years and wanted to see a, a Hartford that had more neighborhoods, uh, a vibrant working community, and less traffic, you know, whatever it is, what needs to happen in the next X amount of years to really, really make, I mean, you're, I mean, again, I mean this in, with respect. I mean, it's a really tough job and there's a lot of developments going on, a lot of promising things. We know about Parkville Market Area. We know about uh, Dunkin' Donuts Park and the development around there. But, you know, if I wanted to really take a generation, because what you need is generational change, not just, the, you know, and that takes time. Right. So it's hard to judge it year to year. What needs to happen to make that 20, 20 years from now when you come back as an old man and Hartford's thriving? Well, first thing I say is, you know, we we put together a, a plan uh, two years ago that was aiming at Hartford's 400th anniversary, which is in 2035. That's when the city turns 400. And asking that same question. And, and there are a lot of different parts of it, including 10 transformative projects that we think would make a huge generational difference uh, in the way the city looks, feels. Uh, and we're pushing hard to uh, to make some of those projects possible. We're pushing hard to get some of those projects done right now. Uh, out of but, those but 10, the what's, the the most, what's the most important I, one I, out of I, 10? I wouldn't rank them. I think they're all important. But some of them you mentioned. It's you know completing that development around the baseball park. So you you know have a, a real neighborhood there, but also you reconnect our neighborhoods downtown up to Albany Avenue and North Main. Uh, it's not just Parkville Market. There's uh, It's hundreds you know or, or more uh, units of residential housing that we hope will build in that Parkville neighborhood along with commercial development that we are pushing forward right now as we speak. It's the development of that Bushnell South area, the sea of surface parking lots near the uh, the Bushnell and near the state capitol that has a chance to reconnect Main Street to the capitol and the hospital area down to the, the park. Uh, and then there's so much work in our neighborhoods. We're doing a ton on Albany Avenue to try to make sure that that really is a strong and vibrant corridor and and sort of fill in those uh, those empty spots of those empty lots that you know cause that corridor to uh, to feel disconnected. Uh, so uh, th- there's a ton that we're working on on economic development, but there's also a ton we're working on uh, just to invest in people. And you know we're doing an unprecedented amount right now to support organizations that work with our young people and helping our young people catch up and heal after everything they've been through. Uh, we're doing an unprecedented amount uh, with the organizations that work every day on violence intervention, violence reduction. Uh, and I hope that those are seeds that we're planting now that will take root and grow and make a big difference in the years ahead. Um, you know, we've we've made a lot of progress and we've got to make a lot more. I, I, I will say we still have to be honest about the structural issue. In Connecticut, you know, we have urban centers that I think are uh, are vibrant and strong and filled with people who give themselves to those communities every day. Uh, but we also have intensely concentrated poverty and need. And we have to acknowledge that. And we have to try to tackle that. And that is generational work. Have you gotten to the point where there are people who want to start a family or young families actually moving to Hartford? Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to find a house in Hartford. Uh, they're, they're, the market has been pretty strong. And I know a lot of families with young kids uh, who've who've moved in. Um, but just like Connecticut me, as a whole. that's what you need. You need we, neighborhoods. We, you right. need but, neighborhoods. But let me just say, just like Connecticut as a whole, we don't have enough housing. You know, the conversation about affordable housing can get so complicated. And I think sometimes it's the terminology. Um, so 
I like to say, let's not talk so much about affordable housing. Let's talk about houses and homes that people can afford. And let's make sure that we make it possible to build houses and homes and apartments that create opportunity for everybody across the income scale. You know, one of the things that I really think is critical to Hartford's success over the long term is more residential development and more residential density, including in the downtown core. One of the biggest threats to Hartford in the years ahead is the change in the nature of work and the fact that you have empty office buildings right now that pose a real threat to the tax base, to the vibrancy of the community. But the way you deal with that, I think, is by really tripling down on residential density. There's been incredibly strong demand for the apartments that we've helped get built. As soon as they get built, they fill up. But we've got to do that uh, in a sustained way, in an aggressive way with a sense of urgency, because if you can get to the density you need, you'll have the feet on the street and the energy and activity. And that's, to me, one of the things we're going to focus hard on pushing forward in the year ahead. And I hope that work will continue in the years that follow. You know, the conversation we had about Bushnell South, we talked a little bit about this. But to me, if we're being honest, the work... The work population was already a difficult issue pre-pandemic. So, my, and and the the development seems to be a lot of apartment living, and and like to me, it's great to have that demand. And you're right. I mean, first of all, the 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 work being a center of the workforce. Just I don't foresee there it ever being anything like it was. And I just the nature of work has changed. And and in Hartford, it's it's exacerbated. But to me, like to get families and other things, you need a different type of real estate some ways. And I, I feel like from an urban development standpoint, I hope that, and in Bushnell South, we talked about this. It's not just apartment buildings, but I think that it's hard to sort of, you know, in a, in a lab create neighborhoods. But I do think that's a ma- I, my major concern is if you just replace the commercial space with residential space in those spaces, you don't create community-like structures. I, well, I'm not sure I agree with that. There's lots of thriving, vibrant cities of all sizes that uh get that energy from apartments. And and what you need, I think, is enough density that you've got enough people bringing that energy and activity to the street. I mean, look, I wish that Hartford had thousands of acres of undeveloped land where you could build (laughs) new new neighborhoods of all kinds. You don't. It's a 17 and a half square mile city, uh, almost all of which is built. The exception being those surface parking lots that present real development opportunities. But I will say it's also the reason that I look at things like the South Meadows, where you have hundreds of acres taken up by Brainerd Airport and, you know, another hundred acres taken up by the old now closed trash to energy plant and think that we really need to be creative about repositioning and repurposing those properties because land is so scarce. And if you want to create new uh, investment opportunities, you've got to do things a little bit differently. We're talking with Mayor Luke Bronin, of course, mayor of the city of Hartford. You know, I don't want you to speculate, but does Hartford need, does the next mayor, should it be a person of color? Should it be a female? Do we need to have that kind of diversity? Someone who, you know, maybe grew up in Hartford? Like, what kind of profile, if you want to profile it? It's not, do, it's not, it's not for me to, you know, to, to prescribe who the next mayor uh, ought to be. I, I hope that whoever the next mayor is, that that mayor and the team that they assemble to lead the city, uh, leads the city with uh, with compassion, with seriousness, uh, with uh, discipline, and with a commitment to the community and with integrity. I mean, that's, you, know, you asked what I was proud of earlier and talked about the fiscal you know, stability. There's a lot of other things I could have talked about, but in a lot of ways, the, things that I'm, the thing that I'm most proud of is the team we pulled together. 
Um, you know, Hartford was not always a community that was known or a city that was known for uh, the quality of its governance. And, and I think we pulled together a hell of a team that I'd stack up against any city or town anywhere in the state and, frankly, anywhere in the country. Uh, and so I hope that the next mayor who comes in tries to continue uh, that that push to make sure that the people who are doing this work are doing it for the right reasons and doing it well. You know, we have less than a minute left here, and obviously we're going to talk to you hopefully a lot more in the future. I'll say, you know, efforts to do things with you and the city have always been constructive, and, and you've been open to, to, to just about anything. Uh, just final thoughts here on, on the last 24 hours and, and the reception of it and sort of how you feel moving forward for this last year in office. Um, I feel really, really grateful for the chance to have been mayor for the last seven years and uh, and I hope, you know, make a difference and uh, and definitely do work that I love. And I feel very, very grateful for uh, a lot of the, the, the kind words that I've heard from a lot of people over the last uh, 24 hours. Uh, you know, I, I, I really do consider it a privilege to have had the chance to do this and to still do it for the, you know, the months ahead and the, and the year ahead. Um, but I, most, most of all, I'm just, I'm very grateful. Yeah. And listen, from my perspective, just the opportunity to be able to talk about these things is really important to us and our audience. And so whether people agree or disagree with your politics or decisions you make, I think the, the openness and, and availability is hugely important. Look, in a job like this, uh, if you want everybody to like you or agree with you, you're not going to go <laughs> do very well. I mean, go very far. Same in the media. One of the things that I will say, I, I, I try not to, you know, approach this with ideology, not to approach this about you know politics, but just to to be thoughtful about what's going to make a difference and then try really hard to do it. And, you know, again, that's what I hope will continue in Hartford. Well, congratulations on making the decision. I wish you the best of final Thanks. you know year, and and we'll keep talking. Sounds good. Thanks, All Brian. Right. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.